0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Non-Sequitur Nerds. Tonight, simple and clean is a way we hope you're feeling tonight, because we're going to be talking Kingdom Hearts and all the countless games in that series. Anyway, though, like always, I'm Tim, joined by Ian. How's it going, buddy? Hey, buddy.
1: Uh, things are going pretty well. It's been uh, kind of a whirlwind week, uh, which is fairly normal for... Yeah most semi-functional and probably even not even functional adults so
0: <laughs> Ain't that um it's
1: it just been one of them weeks so i'm glad for the weekend uh finishing up uh some of my mba classes uh this weekend before i switch over to the next ones awesome uh, so a little busy for me but cool. at the same time i should have uh, a little bit of time to breathe
0: uh good, good. you so, deserve it yeah well and, and i don't know about you but like at least up in my area of the midwest i'm pretty sure this week we've had every season in a week We've gone from like freezing and snow to tomorrow it's supposed to be like in the like mid to high 70s. We've had rain and everything in between it's it's been a crazy week up here
1: yeah, it's kind of like mother Nature um, had drunken sex on the weather remote um, and it's just been yeah Like yeah. I think last weekend I woke up to snow yep one day yep and Looked out my window and went This is bullshit Yeah
0: Um, And then yeah. yeah We've had I mean it was 76 here today I think we got up to High 60s I think And then like the temperature plummeted Because we had a really bad storm front come through So it went from 60 down to like 40 So I think it's Yeah it's supposed to, to hit 50, 50s sorry. here
1: Yeah it's supposed to hit like 50s here next week So Yeah I don't know Welcome to the the weather in the Midwest Yeah so anyway yeah uh tonight we're talking kingdom hearts um that a are. beloved series that has been oh first came out in 2002 so yeah, 20 years uh 20 years at this point the um this series has been out there uh such a weird premise
0: it, like i remember when i think you and i've talked about this in the show before i remember when that first came out like You picked it up before I did, and you were playing the crap out of it. I had no interest in it, because I'm like, it's a a Disney RPG, what the crap? And then I I think I actually came down and visited you at college, and saw you play it, went, what is this? This this, this is amazing, (laughs) what is this? Like, is this that that, that Disney thing? Yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts, dude. And I've picked it up, and I've played almost every single game in the series, including all the various, like side stories and spinoffs since then. And there's a right. lot of them, like I said. But no, yeah. it's it's the, like the whole basic premise, I mean, most people I imagine are familiar with Kingdom Hearts at this point. But the whole basic premise is take Disney, throw it in the blender with some Final Fantasy, and give it a good, if not convoluted story. And then there, you got your Kingdom Hearts smoothie. I mean, that's it's that's the long and short of it. It is a... Disney slash Square Enix RPG it, with an in an action RPG style, I should say. It's a very hack and slash. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the main characters, being, the main three characters in all in all of the major games, anyway, being uh, Sora, a, a original character, and then Donald and Goofy as his companions. Um, you only ever really play as one as the one main character. Yeah. As Tim said, it's real time combat um, in an RPG type style, you know, you have stats and level up and you get abilities and things like that, but it's all real time. Um, <clears throat> the, my understanding of, you know, this kind of a urban legend type thing is, you know, the the development inception of this this game happened was because um, Disney and Square Enix shared an office in Japan. Really? Um, when they were over there. And I, I guess there was a couple of employees, like directors or employees or something like that in an elevator one time and they were just kind of chatting and you know <laughs> it'd be kind of cool if we you know what if, if you know we had like Donald Duck and Mickey and in Final Fantasy 7 or something like that and, uh, and uh, kind of exploded from there obviously yeah. but um yeah definitely became like this <clears throat> you know very eclectic yet really yeah. fun weird series I mean like it's, it's, it's so definitely- hard to follow the story
0: it is, de- yeah, weird is, is, like, weird but in a good way. It is definitely, even amongst other Square Enix games, it is a very unique, uh, very unique kind of story, and storytelling for that matter. Um, yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the first game starts off simple enough. You know, you travel to Trimble different... Simple is very Exactly, simple and clean. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is an amazing, amazing song for this series, by the way um But it starts off simple enough, you know. You're Sora, just a kid growing up on an island with his two friends. Shit happens, and you end up traveling to various different Disney worlds. And like one of the one of the, the on neat- a flying gummy bear. Y- yes, on a flying a uh, flying gummy Legos thing. Yes, but yes. um, it, one of the things that was really unique about it is for some of the Disney worlds, you're still you know Sora, Donald, and Goofy as normal. But in others, your characters take on an appearance to make them fit in more with the world. Like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is an example. When they go to that Uh, world, they don costumes and appearances that make them look like denizens of Halloween Town. When they go to...
1: I think think Donald's a mummy, and Goofy is like a Frankenstein, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Or later in the series, when they go to the Toy Story world... They actually become toys. They they are yeah. action figures. So it's 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 really unique. Or the Monsters Inc. world where they yeah. become monsters. They become monsters, yeah. It's it's just really unique to kinda even though you're playing as the same characters, their appearance changes based on where you're at. Now, like some of the worlds like I think uh like the Hercules world, they mm-hmm. look they look the same. So there are some like that. Yeah. Like ones where thematically it would fit, or in the case of Monsters Inc. Toy Story or Nightmare Before Christmas where it would be a huge benefit to them to appear as, you know, citizens of that world. Right. It, it makes sense. And it, it all it never feels shoehorned in. It would it makes sense. Like the Toy Story world, they would have to be toys. Otherwise, that throws off the whole established Toy Story lore. It's like, well, if there's three real people that are our size, but they're real people, so we have to go into you know toy mode and flop down. But they're toy size, or so that you know it, it it pretty much fills in that unasked plot question. So they become toys right. because it just it works. So. Right.
1: It was also the, it was also um an introduction to a, a very iconic weapon in the Keyblade. Yes. You know, the the Keyblade became this kind of iconic an, uh, iconic overnight uh you know kind of sensation type thing in the gaming world. Um and it, it it's it's central not only to uh, to Kingdom Hearts as a you know as just like part of the marketing, but part of the story.
0: Yeah, oh, very. Like that's much the whole. So, yeah. I mean,
1: it, that's the whole thing. Like the key blades are used, you know, to fight evil and and unlock things. I mean, it's a key They're and it's a blade. Keys,
0: yeah, exactly. Right.
1: Well, I mean, at the use of the term blade is, you know, yeah. is. Yeah, it, it, more like a large, heavy steel, blunt object. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's closer to a, base, to a
0: baseball bat with pointy bits on it.
1: <laughs> right. So it's 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 the Kingdom Hearts version of the nail bat from Final Fantasy VII. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> um,
0: pretty accurate. Um, um, <laughs> but no, it's it's the Keyblades, like the standard one at least, is an iconic weapon, easily recognizable by anybody, even with a passing familiarity of gaming. Like, you mm-hmm. can put that up next to, like, Cloud's Buster Sword, next to the mm-hmm. Master Sword from Z- the Zelda series. And most people be able to recognize, okay, that's, apart from the fact that it looks like a giant key, that's a right. Keyblade. You know, that's Cloud's Sword. That's the Master Sword. But there's even variations of the Keyblades um, that you, can, you unlock throughout the game. They have different powers, different weapons, and change their appearance. There are, mm-hmm. and I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, there are other people who use Keyblades, and their Keyblades look unique. So it's it's not a one-and-done weapon. It's actually multiple weapons, not just to Sora, but to other characters as well. Like, even Mickey. Mickey mm-hmm. is a Keyblade wielder. He has his own unique Keyblade. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, um, the, you know, the Keyblades, again, being a Keyblade wielder, um, I, I feel like it kind of becomes a little bit diluted as the series goes, because it's yeah. like... It's like it's like an episode of Oprah. You get a Keyblade, and you get a Keyblade, <laughs> and you get a keyblade. Um, yep. You know, it's like so many people have a damn Keyblade. But at the same time, again, it's still kind of central to the story because as Kingdom Hearts evolves, you know, you, you really are pulling in um, past, present, and future yeah. into this, like, kind of swirling nexus of of a story and yeah. it it's it is admittedly very hard to follow. Yes. Um there are hundreds at this point probably of videos out on YouTube that provide like explanations of the story. You if you're going to jump into the series your best bet is to, you know, try to figure this out. It doesn't also help that they have some of the weirdest damn names for games I, ever. I,
0: I actually have a full list of of all of them. Do you oh, me, I do too. Don't you want me to go, go for it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, in not release order, but chronological story order, you have Kingdom Hearts X slash Unchained X slash Union X slash uh, Union X Dark Road, which were web games that got ported to mobile, that got a name change globally, that got a continuation. Hence the slashes. After that, you have Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep Final Mix. And keep in mind when I say any of these games are Final Mix or anything like that, this is the complete version of that game with any changes that got made, any uh, slight retcons, anything like that. Um, after that, you have Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep two A Fragmentary Passage, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts uh, RE, Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. I had to look up the, how to actually say that one. Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, Kingdoms, Kingdom Hearts Recoded, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC, and kind of the odd one, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, which is more or less a retelling of the story up to that point from a different perspective. But as a rhythm game. As a rhythm game. Uh, if you ever played uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, similar to that, I think it's the same team that did it. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun, plus this series has amazing music. Right. But um, there's, there's quite a few. Now, I, I will say that the... Um, there's a couple collections. Uh, there is the uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 collection, the Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter collection, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Remind. The good thing with those is those collections typically will contain, obviously, the mainline ones, so Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. Most of the collections do contain one, if not two, sometimes I, I think there might be one to three, of the various like side story games but they also will contain uh, cutscenes and retellings of some of the other like side games they couldn't really port or remake. Some of the videos for those recaps are well over an hour long. So, I mean, with those collections, like you can get literally everything and all the story you need to know. But just even beside playing the actual playable games, you're going to be spending hours watching recaps if you go the official route. Like Ian said, there are a plethora of youtube videos and things like that that will give you like, you know, here's here's a quick recap of everything you you need to know. But if you're one of those people that needs to know everything, go for the complete collections, play them in chronological order, watch all those cutscene recaps, play all the games, the whole 9 yards. And it again, like we've both alluded to this, it is a very convoluted story with with things connecting to other things that connect to other things and it just goes on and on. Um but it's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's the big thing. <laughs> right.
1: And you had mentioned something a few minutes ago that I wanted to go to kind of circle back on, which okay. was the amazing music of the yes, Kingdom Hearts series.
0: Yes. Um I mean apart from know, the obvious Disney music.
1: Right, from the very obvious Disney music, uh the you know, the <clears throat> original um the original Kingdom Hearts as I said came out in 2002. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, helmed. Uh, the original theme song was, uh, as Tim alluded to at the very beginning of this, "Simple and Clean" by Hikaru Utada. Um She's a you know a Japanese. Uh, Singer, and I say she, and I apologize. She's actually come out as non-binary, so um, uh, so I, I will try to refer to uh, refer to them as they or something along those lines throughout this. If I slip up, I do apologize. Uh, Utada, I'm a huge fan, so yes. please understand. I mean to, no disrespect for him, I'm just this is 20 years that I've been used to, I've been used to referring to you this way. So, right.
0: Um. Anyway, understand. Uh,
1: sim- yeah, simple and Clean was just such a powerful song. Nice. It's so amazing with the opening visuals and everything else. And it was just so beautiful to listen to.
0: It immediately drew you in. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and uh, Utare has such a, a beautiful voice as well that it was just yes. so nice to listen to. And in point of fact, really, what, where I'm leading with this is I think that performance was probably one of my first introductions to, like, J-pop. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I mean, because uh, I'd i heard, like, you know, some anime themes.
0: Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty from, like, sure Toonami I, I like burned that. you a couple CDs back in the day. <laughs>
1: right, but at the same time, though, like, when we were watching anime on Toonami and stuff like that back here in the States, it was always usually Americanized themes, you know, like, the American theme of Dragon Ball Z was dragon, not... Dragon, dragon, <laughs> rock the dragon, rock, Dragon yeah. Ball Z!
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, that was, was not I will say. The, the, the J- Head chala the Japanese version of the, the opening, is so much better than the American one. Like, the American one, is, it's very typical American, like, heavy metal style. Mm-hmm. Which didn't, in my opinion, didn't really fit with Dragon Ball Z. But yeah. then again, neither did the Japanese theme without knowing a translation of it. Right. But, but the, yeah. But, but no, I get what you're saying. It's, it's a lot of it was, like, American, like... In that case, they used a completely different song. A lot of other animes like Sailor Moon comes to mind, where the Japanese theme, from a musical standpoint, not the lyrics, but from a musical standpoint, is the same song. The American version right. just put in lyrics. But so many other animes, you either got the original in Japanese on Toonami, which you had no idea what they were saying, or it was, you know, Dragon Ball Z and horribly done, like original like I don't say it was I don't want to say it was horrible. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to say the DBZ theme was 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 horrible. It wasn't. It was it, the American theme was catchy, but the Japanese theme is is better. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, yeah no. I I, I I I get you. I mean, cuz that was especially compared to some of the other like through anime uh Japanese music that I've listened to, Simple and Clean was was so beautiful. It was just like you know, their voice was just God, just beautiful. The, I mean, I, I'm i at a loss of words how to describe it. If you haven't heard this song yet, you can find the original, you can find countless remixes, easily mm-hmm. available on the internet. I highly suggest if, if, you just, if you have no interest in playing Kingdom Hearts, but you want some amazing Japanese music, go listen to Simple and Clean. It is such a beautiful song.
1: And, uh... Hikaru Utada has done the themes for all of the mainline games as well, and even some of the other games, too. So, I mean, it's not just simple and clean. Yeah. There's Passion, Sanctuary, Chikai, Don't Think Twice, and Face My Fears, you know, are all some of the main um, main ones. And, you know, Face My Fears was a, a combination with Sprillix, I believe. So there's some techno-punk to it um, as well, and it really sounds really freaking awesome. I, I um,
0: wasn't aware that. They collaborated with Skrillex. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to check that yeah, out again. Um,
1: and and actually, it's funny that we mention this because uh, Utada performed at Coachella, uh, mm. I think last weekend, and actually performed, you know, "Simple and Clean," uh, "Passion," and oh, "Face by awesome.
0: Fears." So well, I I, rem- um, I remember reading about that, and everybody was like, "This that was so out of left field for Coachella," mm-hmm. but everybody loved it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that, like... yeah. Some
1: of the videos that I saw, it seemed like the audio may have been a little weird because it did sound a little funky. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was still beautiful. I mean, it's still so amazing to oh, listen absolutely, to. Absolutely. Um, yes. So yeah, I mean, definitely give it a, a listen to. But then you know, along the same lines as the music, you know, they they also took, um, music from these iconic Disney worlds. No yeah, pun they, intended. Yeah. Um, and. and would put you say final it was fantasy... a
0: whole new world
1: <laughs> maybe um we're going to get sued yep um uh, but they they took they took those and kind of put the final fantasy spin on them as yeah. well so it wasn't it wasn't just you know like you, you know hearing you know a, a whole new world or whatever um in Aladdin's world it was you know you it was a nice kind of like Theme, you know, there's a theme to it, and yep. it sounded really cool,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and and like, uh, um, you know, we've touched a lot on the, the Disney aspects of Kingdom Hearts, we can't forget about the Square Enix side of it. Oh, sure. Walking around with Donald the Goofy at your side while talking to Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII was something that I never thought I needed to have in my life, but I'm glad that I did. And like, I mean, like, not even. Not even them, like, you know, Cloud's in it. You see, you know, Tifa, Yuffie, you see the character, you know, you see Squall. Aerith. Uh, yeah, Eric. Um, I mean, you see, like, a lot of different Final Fantasy characters, which was kind of a a sad point for the most recent Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 3, because those characters who, like, I mentioned those ones because those ones were pretty prevalent. They weren't necessarily super important to the story, but they were prevalent to the story, I mean, mean, they were nowhere to be found in Kingdom Hearts 3.
1: Right. I mean, Squall was 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 actually pretty... Squall was actually pretty... Yeah. In the the very first one, because he's kind of like a guide and, you know, helping uh, Sora uh, and and Donald and Goofy along, you know, for like the first third of the game.
0: Um, Well, I mean, the, the first, you know, two mainline Kingdom Hearts games, the Sephiroth, like, secret boss battle was something that, like, you had to work for, but it was super rewarding when you did it. Oh yeah. That was nowhere to be found in Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 was more more Disney, like Square Enix still developed it and everything. Mm-hmm. But that Square Enix flavor apart from like the aesthetics of the game and the gameplay style, that visual Square Enix flavor was just just absent. And I I've never I've heard various things on why that was the case. Um but it's something that with the with the recently announced Kingdom Hearts 4 which Lord knows when that'll be out. We waited enough years for three. Um, I'm hoping. I've it...
1: heard possibly 2024.
0: See, I, I've I've heard late 2023, early 2024. But again, that's that's all. Square has so many like big profile projects in the works right now. Um, they announced a bunch of new stuff recently. Mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy Remake Part Two has been noticeably absent from any kind of announcements. A lot of people are hoping that they're going to finish that um, have that come out maybe next year with Kingdom Hearts following the year after that yet. But with the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4 a lot of people are hoping that you're going to still see some of those classic Square Enix characters. Maybe not even specifically Final Fantasy characters. Square Enix has a big library of games they can pull from Um, but I would like to see some of those characters return um, yeah but no uh, but, well, but with the
1: um sorry we kind of continue that line of thought um you know some of the like wish list type things as well that that i kind of have is you know the w- kingdom hearts four at least is starts to appear it appears like it's starting in more of a metropolitan setting
0: yes which, which um, apparently that's just one of the worlds that's not where the right. whole game is going to take place which is interesting
1: right um but you know, like you said, they ha- they have a huge pantheon of games that they can choose from. I would love to see, you know, so I would love to see like uh 2 and the 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 near characters um appear in the games. Those would be really that, kind of fun, especially would be, be
0: interesting uh, if if like 2B showed up in there cuz you know Disney would go, uh-uh, we're, we're changing that outfit. We're, we're changing that outfit.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they'll they're probably they'll have to get rid of the gratuitous panty shots. But um... 2, 2B is going to be a Disney princess.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, um, yeah. I know I was talking to one of my other buddies online, and they said what would be really neat is have a Final Fantasy fourteen world. Because fourteen is still, as you and I know, still a very active thing. 14 is, is uh, like they've always done like collabs with other like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy games. Do a Kingdom Hearts 14 or a Final Fantasy 14 world in Kingdom Hearts 4. Have an event in Final Fantasy 14 that is Kingdom Hearts related. Maybe give you like you know some quests that give you like cosmetics that give you like a keyblade that you can use as a weapon skin, things like that. I mean, they have, that a, would
1: they be have amazing. a full, full tie in and raid on near automata. I've done the raid. It's really fun. I mean, heck, Um, they
0: have a Monster Hunter one, which I did not too long ago, which that's not even a Square game. That's a Capcom game. And that was really fun. And it didn't feel out of place. Mm -hmm. So like, like seeing that uh, beyond that, though, like they've obviously had a lot of Disney worlds. What are some that you would like to see? And I'm talking Disney in general, not just their animation, everything Disney owns. What are some worlds that you would like to see in the next one?
1: Oh, man.
0: I know that's... You've got a lot of options.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of options there. I mean, obviously, this opens up things... um, If we're talking the entire Disney pantheon, this opens up a lot of possibilities, including Star Wars and Marvel. Um, So being able I mean they already explored some of that in kingdom hearts 3 with baymax and the big hero mm-hmm. 6 world because yep. again while it's a disney movie it is it, it's actually a marvel property originally as a, yep. it started as a comic book and we've talked about this before yep um vastly different between the movie yeah. and the actual comic book but um still uh so you know there's there's some a lot of possibility there it would be interesting to see you know an avengers uh type world um Obviously, you could have Goofy dressed up as Captain America and Donald... <laughs> with his uh... shield,
0: that makes perfect yes. sense. Yeah, yeah Donald with as the Doctor shield. Strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, um, I can see that. Uh,
1: um, you know, it, it, you could do microcosms in that, f- focusing on specific Marvel worlds, like, you know, just... Well, I was going to say Spider-Man, but uh, kind of a gray area. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. focusing on things like just hawkeye or just guardians of the galaxy yes. or something along those lines um which, which but kinda, then
0: I was gonna say, go, go ahead. ahead oh well uh, so which which you you mentioned guardians of the galaxy that uh, when i was kind of thinking about this since disney owns marvel and star wars and the gummy ships have always been a pretty big part of the kingdom Hearts series introduce a new gummy ship combat mechanic if you're in a star wars world that's really easy to put a gummy ship in combat. Marvel, have there be maybe like a Guardians of the Galaxy planet you go to, or multiple planets? Gummy ship combat again. There, it would be super easy. I mean, granted, it'd be another engine that they'd or another thing they'd have to work with in the game, but I mm-hmm. think that would be a really exciting thing to introduce in. Is actual and like yes, they have had gummy ship combat, but it's been it's felt like an afterthought. With especially with the power of these the, the uh, current gen consoles and having those properties available to them there's a lot they could do with that I mean flying your gummy ship around shooting down tie fighters right that sounds fun to me, especially since you you know if they still keep the customization of your gummy ship, that would be really fun
1: yeah um and then you know obviously having things like the ability to do um uh you know like various um like you know configurations, or you know having like stock ships that you can purchase that look yeah. like you know iconic Star Wars ships. Yeah. You know have the gummy version of the X wing or Dude, the gummy version I, of the Millennium. Falcon. I was just
0: gonna say a gummy Millennium Falcon would be pretty cool. Like I yeah, remember, or you know uh, a gummy
1: version of the Milano. Oh, there you go. Uh, From Guardians.
0: Well, I mean, even like some of the customization, I, I think it was in Kingdom Hearts three that you could do on your gummy ship. Like some of the the weapon add ons were were just goofy. No pun intended. Um. um. But yeah, like like I think that would be a really fun way to kind of revamp that and make it more more something that people want to do and less something that they have to do to progress.
1: Yeah, and you know, we're we're talking about potential um worlds here, sorry. Yeah uh, words escaping me. Um and you know, if we we're we don't necessarily we're not bounded necessarily just by Disney type worlds as well. I mean if you look at square enix's pantheon of potential games that fall underneath them i mean we already they already have avengers and guardians of the galaxy because they their studio crystal dynamics did the the development for for those games yep uh, for some recent games but there's also you know other worlds like chrono cross um chrono trigger
0: you know uh, the world
1: of dragon worlds of dragon quest um what Let's would, see, what else what there, we there uh, really need. Tomb Raider.
0: Pick one of Square Enix's classic like 8-bit RPGs, like, oh, I don't know, Chrono Trigger, because that's my absolute favorite of all time, and have, the, have it be an 8-bit world. Like, have Sora, Donald the Goofy be, you know, like little retro sprite characters, and have the world function like that. That doesn't seem like it would be too hard to implement. That would be, like, that would be something that they were obscenely unique that they haven't done in the Kingdom Hearts game. For just one world. Right. That would be a lot of well, fun.
1: What would actually be kind of interesting as well. For that type of, of world. Is if. You know it's, it's that. That pixelated sprite type world. And you're running around like normal. Um, but when you encounter enemies. It switches to the. The the, pan, the pain type view. And it's, ter, it's true turn based.
0: Oh that would be like really Like turn neat. based combat. That would be really neat. Make the world completely unique. Yeah. That'd be really and cool. I was at,
1: I was kind of scrolling through some of some of uh, Square's um, library, and, and I I had forgotten about Final Fantasy X-2 and then the appearance of the main characters from X-2 in Oh Kingdom Hearts Two. Do you remember that where they <laughs> uh, appeared as
0: like fairies? Yeah, which was which for was some weird. reason weird. Yeah. Riku, Riku well, Yuna, and Pain as as yeah. these fairies. Well, because all the other Final Fantasy characters appeared, you know, slight redesigns. But appeared mm-hmm. as themselves. They appear. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Mostly because I forgot about Ten Two. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Well, like Final Fantasy Ten Two, or as most people call it, you know, the, the Paper Doll Dress Up Game. Um, like it, it had a good story. I'll give it that. But um, yeah. Like it, I, I don't want to. I don't want Kingdom Hearts to ditch its its classic Disney roots because that's kind of what started it. But I would like to see more, you know, new ideas, new worlds. Because there are some worlds that have appeared in, I think, almost every Kingdom Kingdom Hearts game. But it would be nice to see kind of a a shift, maybe, to more of some of the Square Enix properties. I mean, and I'm sure it it all comes down to the agreement that Square has with Disney of what can, what can't be used, or, you know, things like that. Um, Right. But, I mean, it, it would be neat to see more, especially since from what we're seeing in Kingdom Hearts 4 thus far is one of the worlds at least is a very realistic world. Um mm-hmm. it would be neat to see kind of what they do with that or how, or if maybe maybe that's like the the central hub world. Who knows? I mean we, we literally all we know at this point is it takes place after Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora has new shoes after all these years and he's fighting a heartless which are the enemies in a right. realistic looking metropolitan city in this one in a one like two minute trailer that's literally all we know so this is all just right. wild speculation which we love doing
1: well yeah and then there's obviously the the other various enemies that kingdom or that uh, Sora has run into there's the heartless of the key ones there's yeah. the nobodies there's um you know organization 13 and whatever they are because they can't they don't seem like they can die yet they yeah. do yet they don't I I don't
0: uh, again, that's one of the things that, like, you, you really have to get a recap and all the side stuff, so...
1: Right. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot they also had the, the Pirates of the Caribbean world in, in one yeah. of the games as well. Which
0: Which, which, which was, was a lot of fun, absolutely. That was a lot of mm-hmm. fun.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of possibility there that I would love for them to be able to explore uh, a little bit more. And, and like you said, w- um... Especially, like, originally the Kingdom Hearts games were very much um, platform exclusives. PlayStation only uh, when it first came out uh, on the PS2. Um, but then, you know, especially recently, uh, Square has been releasing, like, compilations of all of the games on multiple platforms. I think yeah. they're even on PC now.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I know that there's a, there is a version of the, like, the three main compilations on Switch, which a lot of people were excited about. Like, oh, I can play it on the go. The problem is it, that that one particular version is entirely cloud-based, which means you mm-hmm. have to have a persistent internet connection and it streams from Nintendo servers. And I know I would prefer if it
1: was Tifa based, but you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> I think we all would. Um, but a lot of people have said that even with a strong, steady internet connection, the game's prone to hiccups. It's prone to glitching. It's prone to just disconnecting you for no reason. So, while the Switch version is definitely an option, if you don't have any other way to play it, it is not the ideal way to play it. It's not It's not bad, it will do if that's all you have to play it on, but if you have right. other systems, I, I would highly recommend playing those on, on something else. No disrespect yeah. to the Switch, but just the the infrastructure in the US is, I still think we're rated as one of the worst in the world, so
1: yeah yeah it's i mean there's obviously a a lot less uh population density here in the u s than oh, in yeah. some other other countries um so uh you know our infrastructure we have a lot of room to cover for things like you yeah. know wireless and internet access and and that kind of stuff so yeah um anyway but um yeah, so you know we obviously have a, a hold a special place in our hearts for for kingdom hearts um uh you know they we're they not have heartless. a lot. Right, we're and it, we may be nobodies, but we, we're certainly not heartless. Um, you know, they, it definitely uh, holds that that place of nostalgia and um, uh, for us. Uh, and I look forward to where they're going with the series. I'd love to see more of it, and I'm very interested in seeing more of uh, you know what they have in Kingdom Hearts oh, yeah. uh, Four, and then you know some of the other properties that they've they've talked about. Because some of the stuff that we haven't even talked about was some of the mobile games that they had just announced. Mm-hmm. Um one of them seems like it's a mobile Kingdom Hearts MMO like you create your own character yeah, and then which, which is
0: kind of u- unique cuz you've never been able to create a, a well I think some of the mobile games like you could customize how how they look a little bit but like mm-hmm. this one appears to have more traditional Kingdom Hearts style graphics but a character creator so right that could, and it sounds it sounds like much like a lot of the other mobile games it is going to be a prequel yeah. Which that's the great thing about prequels. There's always room that you can fit them in. You can always keep going back.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in the case of Star Wars, they have thousands of years they can just shove something in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, But anyway, I think that'll probably do it uh, for us tonight as far as uh, so. our our conversations on Kingdom Hearts go. It's a beautiful game. Uh, yes. It's a beautiful game series. Love it to death. And I'm very much, again, looking forward to um what we can do and and what square does uh with the games uh here in the future so you know square keep up the the good games um ready to ready to see more
0: oh yeah for sure (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. so uh with that i think we'll go ahead and wrap up for tonight as always we thank you for joining us uh we definitely appreciate you uh and uh we'd love to to have you with us um as always you can find us uh, hosted on anchor.fm which feeds out to Spotify Google podcasts Apple podcasts and several other podcasting sites uh you can also catch us on social media at facebook.com non Twitter at non nerd uh catch us on twitch TV uh, slash non if nerds <laughs> if occasionally if and when we ever do bother doing a stream um, you can also find the recorded videos of the podcast on YouTube at youtube.com non nerds I think think that covers everything. I should really put a checklist somewhere so that I can reference
0: it. <laughs> you see, you've um, but, said that countless times. You're never going to do it.
1: I'm never going to do it. So <laughs> l- let's just, you know, give that up right now. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I think that'll do it. I think so. So Thank you, everyone, and uh, we wish you all a good morning, good evening, and a good night, and catch you next time.
0: Alrighty. There you- Bye, everyone. You're not doing the normal outro? I'm, well, I'm going to, and I'm Tim. Good night, everybody.